0: Thank you once again for allowing me to share the pulpit. Am I, can you hear me? Can you hear me? A little louder. Okay, better? One of the foundations of this message is that this is for a believer. This is for somebody. Who has accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, as their Lord and Savior? And it's an important step because in the uh, acceding to God's desire that you accept Him as Lord and Savior, you open up a whole vista of uh, information, a whole vista of uh, just strength and power and wisdom and things that God can do through you. So. I'd like to start out with a text from Romans Romans 8 29 I think. For those whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. When you look at that text and you recognize what it's saying it's saying that his foreknowledge of you is giving you an idea that there is something going on that there's a goal involved here that God has a goal for you that there's something he has that he wants you to accomplish and in this text we see a sub-goal or a run up to that final goal whenever we would uh, set up out a project for building or whatever, we would set out little uh, steps. The first thing would be we would do the foundation. And once the foundation was done, then we would do the decking. Once the decking was done, we'd do the walls. And so each time we finished one of our steps, we could check it off, say, okay, we have reached this goal. We have done this thing. In this text in uh, Romans 8, it's talking about that God's, uh, one of God's steps for you is that you be conformed to His image, that you look like Him, that you be like Him. And that's an important point. The uh, second, these are basically my foundations. The second point in the text will be coming from Galatians 5:22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. In the Greek they add a couple of words. One of the words they add is faithfulness. And another word they add is meekness. Okay. In this text we find that the Spirit has fruit. Now remember that the Spirit is God. Equal in every way with Jesus and the Father. He's God. And so when you look at what this God is providing, he's providing these things for the individual. And that's where you have to start kind of rethinking the text in um, John 15. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit now for years for two thousand years this has been a construct of we bear fruit by what we do out here we bear fruit by coming to the congregation we bear fruit by bringing people to the Lord we bear fruit by helping the homeless and these are correct and true and because we're dealing with the fruit of the vine we're in community and so that uh, not one person has to do everything but the community does and God provides within each community those people whom he needs to serve in that venue. But this is something I want to take you one more step deeper. When you look at this says, if you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. There's a correlation between abiding in God and fruit. Remember last time I was with you, I told you that you don't get to choose the fruit you don't get to choose whether you're a kumquat or an orange or a banana you don't get to choose the fruit all you get to choose is the willingness to bear the fruit and today I want to go a little farther and saying that if you love me and you abide in me and my command my words abide in you you will bear fruit so now there's a correlation between love and fruit so we have a choice to abide in the Lord and bear fruit and now we have a, another construct that says if you love me if my love abides in you you will bear fruit again we don't choose the fruit but now we have a situation where we have to advance the thought that we are no longer talking about out here because I have never seen a grape with the juice on the outside well Welch's that doesn't count the, the fruit, the grape, the fruit is inside. It grows inside. It develops inside. And so this text, if you take it one step deeper, God is saying, if you abide in me, I will grow you to look like me. I will develop you so that you look like me. But recognize that this is a step. This is a a mid-range goal. There's a lot of things in Scripture we don't understand. There's a lot of things happening that God is doing. And he's not, you know, he's not asked my advice in the last few years. But if he does, I'm very opinionated and I will give him my opinion. But he doesn't need my uh, goals, my desires to do what he's going to do. And so you have to recognize that you are a special individual. And one of the sub-goals that he has for you is to have you look like him. Now, Mike, you're easy, so I'm going to pick on you. (laughs) Um, If my desire is to be looking like God, and it's between the two of you, you and me, I'm choosing me. No hair, you know, stuff like that that's not what they're talking about. It's not talking about the image of what you look like. but it's talking about how you are. The image that God wants you to develop is is varied. Every one of you are different. Every one of you come from a different walk of life. Every one of you have something that God has said I want you to look like me just as you are. I don't want you to run outside and change come back as Superman. I want you to be who you are right here, right now, because I can use that. But if you're waiting to become, you'll never get there. If you're waiting to, oh, if I were just good enough, or if I just had something, a million dollars, I I could serve the Lord. God doesn't need your money. He doesn't. But there's one thing that He does not have that you possess that He'd dearly love to have. And that's your abiding in Him. That's your decision, your choice. Remember there's one thing God will not do. He could. He's God but one thing he doesn't do and that he does not violate the will of the individual in regards to choices he wants you to choose that's what this is all about and so as you live your life and you look at all the different things that are coming at you you have to make choices the problem is when you look at this text and I've said that if you love him uh, you'll bear much fruit if you abide in him you'll bear much fruit okay fine how you know how do you abide in him how do you love him now love is a choice yes love is an emotion yes we understand those things but the love that's being talked about here is a love that transcends both choice and emotion. And the love that's being talked about here is dealing with an idea that has foundations. Nothing is done in the dark. God does, when I accepted the Lord, <laughs> four years ago, I didn't have any clue as to what I know now. And to be honest, had I known after seminary, then what I know now it would have scared the snot out of me there's a lot going on here there's a lot happening that we don't see that we have to recognize is real one of the things that we have to recognize and understand is that that while God has you in his the place that he wants you I just lost my train of thought that's a terrible thing to happen <laughs> thank you so That's that's why she's the smart one it doesn't make any sense for me to tell you that you must be born again and not tell you how or you must abide in him and not tell you how or you must love him and not tell you how because this love is something much more than just emotion or choice and the The text that I want to deal with, you have to pick several, which I'm not going to go into, but it's it's a function of belief. The word belief. The foundation of belief is knowledge. You cannot exceed to make a decision. Well, there are people who make decisions without knowledge. I I agree with that and acknowledge that. But to make a decision, you have to have knowledge you have to understand something. When I became a believer I knew that this path certainly wasn't going to work and that path was way better because there was a light bulb there. That's the one I wanted. And so with that little bit of knowledge I worked that my way that way. The second foundation of this is understanding. Now Understanding is the second step. Knowledge is facts and figures. Understanding is the ability to manipulate those facts and those figures. Like when I go into my truck, I turn it on. I'm listening for a noise. I get the noise, my truck is going to work. But if I don't get a noise, I have to call my mechanic and ask him to come back and put the noise back in my truck. I have no clues to how that works. But I know he does is able to manipulate and to understand the knowledge that he has. Of course I've got him on the Greek so. The point is the second foundation of this understanding is to be able to take the facts and the figures and to move them around so it makes sense to you. Because I guarantee you if you don't think it makes sense to you, you're not going down that road. You're just not. Unless you have your eyes covered and someone pushes you. The third step of this love that we're talking about, the foundation is trust. Knowledge and facts and figures about God, an understanding on how to manipulate that. If God says, I love you, and that applies to you. You're able to say, well, God loves me. But then there's trust. And trust doesn't come by just waking up one morning and saying, I've got trust. You might have trust issues, but you don't have trust. Trust comes from experience. Trust comes from time. It's a temporal reference. It's where you actually spend time with God and you see the correlation between what you've asked him. Because this text says, if you love me and obey my word, and my word is in you, ask anything of the Father and he will give it to you. (coughs) Now that's not talking about a new car. It's talking about fruit. And so trust takes time. And that's why it's important when I start out saying if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior you cannot develop the trust reference. You can develop the, the understanding and knowledge. I have several professors who are not believers who have read this Bible say it doesn't make sense but they can tell you what's where and where it is and what it means. But the difference is the Spirit of God and Galatians five twenty two, we talked about the fruits of the Spirit that's what this is if you abide in me you will bear much fruit love joy peace patience kindness faithfulness gentleness humbleness that's what this is bringing you down to as far as a believer goes and that makes you the individual each and every one of you a work in progress for the Most High God that's what he's trying to develop in you because in community joy is contagious I mean if you go into a room of grumps you're going to get grumpy and if you go into a group of people who are joyful even if you're grumpy it's going to rub off on you. That's what this is tied to community. And when you look at what the Lord said, He used the word, if you love me my joy will be in you. The first two senses of the fruits of the Spirit are love and joy. And so in community when God is developing something in you you don't have to close your eyes and cringe and say I'm going to be joyful it's going to be part of who you are now are there times when you're not joyful yeah that's a true statement there are times where you car doesn't work the bank account is flat the macaroni and cheese is three days old you know, there are things that happen to you. But God is saying, hey, trust me. If you're willing to trust me with yourself, I will have you bear fruit in yourself and in community. Again, God is setting up a mid-range goal for us. Now, don't go to Galatians 5.22 and and just become loving and joyful and peaceful and gentle and you know you can tell a phony. And the reference here is that if you abide in me how do you abide in God we know about the knowledge the understanding and the trust how do you abide in him you abide in God by asking him by including him I mean, I would bet a nickel to a donut this young lady would smack his beloved if he were to go and be married on his own. It wouldn't work. She has a hand in this. And that's what God wants. He's not asking for your money. He's not asking for your car. Unless it's a Lamborghini and then I'll... He's not asking for your stuff he's asking for you you're the one thing he does not have and he wants you Romans 5 is very clear, excuse me 29 that he wants to have you be conformed to the image of his son but that's a mid-term goal there's something else going on which we don't know but you have to hit the midterm goal before he can reveal the end result. At the end of the day, we look at the vine and the branches at two levels. The first level is in community and the fruits of the spirit out here, very viable uh, reference. But now we have to recognize also that this is something deeper, that that fruit is in you and he wants to develop that fruit. Give him the chance to do that. Help him do that. Invite him. Converse with him. Pray with him. Talk to him. Because if you shut him out, he has no choice but to stand and say, okay, I cannot violate your will in regards to choice. And because this text says, abide, that's a subjunctive that's a choice you have to choose that and so I pray that you do I pray that this congregation just wows everybody knocks their socks off because of the choices they make in relation to God and the bottom line of all of this is you have no concept of where he will take you you have no idea of what he can do with you But he wants to try. But it begins with an abide, a choice. Let's pray. Father, you're a gracious God, and we thank you. We thank you that as we look at Scripture, we learn things, we grow, we develop. And I pray that everyone here would allow you to develop in them the fruit and the goal and desire you have for them, that they would shine like this. stars (laughs) stars <laughs> and not because they're bright but because you're in them I do also pray Father that you protect them from the evil one that you'd allow them to stand and declare themselves your servants and again I thank you for this congregation I pray you bless them that you watch over them that you would give them not only the, the light the path the interim pastor they're looking for I pray also, Father, that you would just be there for them. And we commit this time to you in your son's precious name. Amen.